0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the pod. Today's episode is all about something that we sadly have probably all experienced at some point in outdoor recreation. Here we discuss times when women have been negative, unsupportive, and unnecessarily competitive towards each other. We invited our friend Noella to share some of her experiences on this topic and to provide her take on how to encourage and welcome women in the outdoors. Noella's friendly and approachable demeanor is what makes her a gem in our books, and these qualities definitely shine through on this episode. It's a must-listen, and we hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Wildly Basics a podcast about everyday badass women who love the outdoors and are unafraid to be unapologetically themselves in the backcountry, regardless of norms and expectations.
1: I'm Emma. And I'm Allie. On this podcast, we hope to share our love of backcountry shenanigans with those like us, those that inspire us, and those that are excited to discover their interest in the outdoors. hello yeah we're back Um, on this episode we've got a guest again we recently did an episode that was just Emma and I and uh, we brought up some topics that we wanted to talk about um, with each other
0: yeah so we're back but we're really excited to have our new guest on Noella hello welcome and thank you for being here so Noella is Allie's friend originally So I am super looking forward to getting to know her and really digging into her goals and her experiences in the backcountry and kind of her experiences as a badass, rad women doing sick, cool, adrenaline junkie stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Noella, do you want to... I know it's always awkward and people are like, tell us about yourself, (laughs) but can you tell us about yourself?
2: (laughs) All right. um, So I pretty much lived um, all over Canada because my dad was in the military, so... My parents are originally from New Brunswick, but I was born in Winnipeg and I lived in New Brunswick, Alberta, BC, and am now in Ontario. But pretty much every second weekend I go to BC because that's where my partner lives. I started climbing in grade 11 through an outdoor pursuits class in high school, uh, which had climbing, we had an indoor wall and an outdoor high elements course. So I learned how to like rappel and climb. Uh, we learned how to mountain bike. We learned how to cross country ski snowshoe. Um, we learned how to camp in the winter time and the summertime we learned how to paddle. Um, yeah, I was very fortunate, uh, to be in that class. And then I, then in grade 12 got to be in the advanced outdoor pursuits class. Yeah, that's, that's all I can think of right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Noella, it sounds like you've, you know, moved around quite a bit for work in the past few years. So can you tell us more about Uh, what you have done and what you are doing right now for work.
2: So um, prior to COVID, I was working with Air Canada as like a metal fabricator for the ground equipment and stuff like that. So like welding, helping out the mechanics, um, stuff like that. And then when I got laid off, I kind of like took the summer off and just like climbed and stuff. And then I ended up getting an opportunity Um, to do like a free program uh, to become like a ground worker to eventually like work into becoming like an arborist and it was a freak program and like all the PPE like was paid for and everything like that and like over 50% of like my class was female which is like pretty sick because like when I first got into the trades um, post high school I was the only female like doing the trade like i was doing hvac when i got out of high school so i was the only female in it and it was like very intimidating but but yeah i was like it was really good like uh everyone that was in my class like i st- still talked to them and and most of seven of us out of like the 20 some of us out of my class got hired by the same company more than 50% of that company is female arborists which was like pretty sick to see like females climbing in a tree with chainsaws and like just like doing their thing it was it was so sweet and I was very fortunate that um one of the instructors in the program was also the health and safety guy at the company that I got hired for and like he taught me how to tree climb and taught me like everything and like I would have stayed there, but um, I was driving like 99 kilometers one way to go to work like every day and like waking up super early and I was just like burning myself out on both ends, if you know what I mean. And so, yeah, three weeks ago, I started um, working uh, with a climbing wall construction company and I'm doing all of their uh, like metal fabricating and then this week I was in the wood shop so I was uh, painting and texturing uh, like and t-nutting climbing panels. We're starting an install for Algonquin College so we're making um, seven top rope roots and then a bouldering wall at their gym and I'm going to be on the install team and they called me today about it and they're like, are you sure? Like you're fine with just like being thrown in like right away. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm totally cool with it. Um, yeah, I'll be like the first, uh, like girl on the install team that, that they had. So I'm like pretty, pretty proud about that. And when it's all said and done, uh, I'll be doing like the root setting and, and stuff like that, which I've, I've never done root setting other than like at my home wall in New Brunswick. So I'm like, I'm pretty stoked about that to have some, some root setting under my belt.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. I mean, you clearly in this program that you had at your school, like you got exposure to a lot of different outdoor activities. Mm -hmm. So which ones have really like stuck with you? You're 25 ish now, right? So, you know, as, as an adult, like which activities have you continued to pursue?
2: I continued like uh, climbing uh, when I moved to Freddie, New Brunswick. My roommate at the time uh, and I went a bunch and then we started uh, ice climbing. And that's where we met uh, one of our buddies that then took us outdoor climbing. And the whole time I lived in New Brunswick, I only topped rope. I didn't start leading until last year. And then the whole time I lived in BC, I I didn't climb at all because I was actually injured so I didn't climb outside and uh I faced a lot of mean comments at the gym when when I went to the gym in BC and I don't know if it has to do with just the uh the climbing community in Vancouver is uh Allie and I discussed it before how there's like the really rich people that don't really know true climbing etiquette um versus like you know, the, the people that just want to see people climbing and are like very nice and wholesome. And, um, basically, uh, as soon as I moved to Vancouver, I was attacked by a dog and I couldn't use my left hand anymore, which I'm left-hand dominant. And I had to learn how to, uh, rewrite and I had to rehab my, my hand and my arm back to, to climb and stuff. So I was only in the gym, I think four times when I lived in Vancouver, but when I was in the gym, the, the few times that I was in the gym, I went with my uh, coworker who's, who was my roommate as well. And we just did some bouldering and then some uh, auto belay. She asked a group of three. because She felt bad because I I could belay her, but she couldn't belay me because she she didn't know how to belay. So she asked a group of three, like if, if one of them would be able to belay me. And it was, it was a group of three girls and the other girl spoke up for one of the girls and she's just like she doesn't work here and they're like yeah you have to hire someone to belay you if you want to belay and i'm like oh i'm sorry like i'm from new brunswick and that's not really like new brunswick etiquette it's like if someone's free for a belay like they usually belay them it's not like a big deal and then a few of the other comments that i had when i was in the gym was like at the time my my arm was like really pretty much my elbow down was yellow and i didn't have Zero. I had, like, zero feeling in my fingertips, so I, I did a lot of climbing, like, really slow because I was only using one arm and not really putting a lot of tension on my left hand. And people, like, when I was doing, like, belay or bouldering would, like, loudly express how slow I was going and, yeah, how they uh, were waiting to get on the route and um, in the changing room, too, when I was, like, tying my climbing shoes people like would make comments like oh look how like dirty and old her climbing shoes are like look at her arm look at her scar like so every time I went to the gym in Vancouver which was only four times I left crying and then I just kind of I stopped climbing until I moved to um,
1: Ontario. I'm really sorry that that was your experience because no one should be made to feel that way especially in the community that's supposed to be like the place that you go to relax or like I don't know for me climbing is definitely a way that I like let off steam if I've had a rough day and to go somewhere and have people treat you like you're taking up space and you don't belong there is kind of disgusting
0: absolutely and like the fact I could go on a huge tangent and just talk about these rude comments that you were getting in the change room but even like what you mentioned about you having to take your time on the wall and people being upset about that it's like fuck off Like, you paid the same amount of money to be there. You can take the, you can take all the time you want to do your problem. I don't care. Wait your turn. I'm so sorry you went through that, Noelle. That's honestly so shitty. And I I hope that your, you know, view of Vancouver gyms has not been jaded by this. I
1: do think it's kind of ironic that, or maybe ironic is the wrong word, but the fact that people were also making comments about your shoes being dirty, it's like, maybe because she actually climbs outside sometimes, like, it's just like, how is that something to insult someone about, like, when I see someone whose shoes are, like, really worn in, I'm like, wow, that person climbs a lot, like, they're legit, you know, I get self-conscious if my gear looks too shiny.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like that's the standard, too, at least now, I don't know, Noella, when you were in Vancouver, but now if I come to the gym with new shoes, like, I'm trying to scuff them up quick, but what you're talking about with like kind of gym culture, we've talked about climbing gym culture a few times on the podcast, but there's definitely a clear divide between gym rats and like the rest of the world of climbing who like just go to the facility when they need to, to train. And then the people who like, oh, I exclusively climb at the gym. It's like, those are very two different people, two different groups. um, And they have different cultures. And
2: I, that's the only I've only ever noticed that in Vancouver. I haven't noticed it at any other like gym in any other province. so
0: But also I'm so shocked. if I saw somebody up there with like a injured arm, an injured arm climbing, I'd be like, girl, give her all the space she fucking needs. She's clearly climbing way stronger than I am. So I need both my arms to do anything.
1: Yeah, anyway. Now that we've kind of shit on the climbing community again, um, I also want to talk a bit about like the paddling world and the paddling community because that's something that you're also really into. And I saw on Instagram that you just did a trip over the long weekend as well. So maybe you can tell us a bit about that too. My
2: friends and I decided to go to the Ottawa and run the middle, which is like the middle channel of the Ottawa. And I think the Ottawa is between, depending on what level you run it and what channel you run it, I think it's between a class, class three to a class five, which in paddling things range from class one to class six.
1: Class one's the easiest and class six is the hardest, right? Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. So class six is the hardest and it's usually like you can only run it at certain levels because like it's has a rocky bottom. You might be going off like a big waterfall or something like very technical with a lot of waterfall flow that will like toss you around and you won't be able to swim it nicely that you'll probably drown. Like something like that like that's that's a class six whereas like a class one is like it's pretty rough water but it's not like crazy rough so yeah I went uh, to the Ottawa over the weekend and I did some tandem canoeing with my friend and it was my first time on the Ottawa and I've been doing a lot of uh solo canoeing whitewater over the summer uh, in BC and in Ontario. And my friends all and my partner all kayak. I just feel more comfortable in a canoe. My partner with 20 years experience has never run McCoys, which is the first set of rapids when you when you uh, do the, the middle channel of the Ottawa, has never run McCoy in an open boat, which is Uh, a canoe he was just like you ran it and I'm like yeah I ran it and I was in the stern and I there's a certain move called threading the needle so you thread the needle between two rapids because if you don't you're you're falling out of your boat your your boat's sinking like and um he's never done that move and he's never run that rapid and he was just like that's that's crazy like I like I've never seen anyone do it and I've never done it myself and like for you to be able to do that, that's like pretty sick. Woo!
1: Let's go. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: But yeah. And then there's the, the last rapid called lower no name and all weekend we just, we just couldn't do it without um be- me being tossed out of the boat. Every single time we did it, I got tossed out of the boat and my buddy like was able to stay in the boat and roll it back up. But then like, pretty much sink the boat so the last day on Monday we just decided like let's just like try one way see if see if we can cut across the rapid and just see if we can like try to hit it another way and we ended up running it and we ran it backwards and we got it
1: that's sick yeah I mean I'm I'm envisioning this I don't know if I'm visualizing it right because I don't really understand paddling but it sounds really dope
2: so there, um, there's like a paddling motion that you give when something's like super sick. It's like the the brown claw. So so when I threaded the needle on the first rapid, there was like a, probably about uh, six kayakers. And we were the only open boat, like only canoe, like all weekend that we seen everyone else was, was kayaking. And uh, when I like threaded the needle and got the boat through, there was a bunch of kayakers at the bottom cheering. And they were all giving like the brown claw, like freaking out because... Cause it was like so sick, I guess.
0: Noella, I'm sure you mentioned this, but when did you start seriously paddling?
2: Like I paddled through like high school and, um, and where I paddled, where I grew up, I would say it's about a class one and there's maybe like one or two class two features. But at the time I did not know that that was whitewater. So I never wore like a PFD life jacket or helmet or anything. Cause I was just like, Oh, it's just like, fast here and there's some rocks whatever my partner and um his sister and and girlfriend took us to the gull which is um a whitewater place in Minden, ontario and it's um called it's like a whitewater uh reservation area so it's dam operated so they open up the dam and um They can control the water flow and they they move around the rocks every year there so they can change the whitewater features there. You can go and just practice all day because it goes from like super hard class three and then it like chills out to like a class one. So if you're a newbie, you can just chill at the bottom and do like class one all day and practice and then just keep moving up. I started there last November and it was so cold. I was having fun, but I wasn't like loving it. So this spring, um, my partner brought me out to the lake and we practiced my tea rescue and my my roll. So basically in a kayak, when you get thrown by a wave or a rapid, whatever, and you get flipped upside down, usually like people just like will pull their skirt off their boat and just like swim the rapid, let go of everything and just let everything go down. But if you know how to roll, then you can get knocked down and roll yourself back up and keep all your gear and, and keep going. We were trying to get my role in a kayak and I was just like not enjoying it. However, my partner has about 20 boats. So every time we went to load up the boats at his house, I seen this blue canoe and I just thought it was the most gorgeous boat I've ever seen. I don't know. So then one day I was just like, you should bring that to BC with you. I think I want to paddle it. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like you've never used it the whole time I with you, I've been with you. You've just been kayaking. Like I really want to try this boat. Like I just think it's a beautiful boat, and it needs to touch the water. Like you're neg- like neglecting it. When he got to BC and he brought the boat, um, we did a 25 kilometer of class three paddling and uh, I loved it. And the water was way colder than it was here in November because it's glacier water. But yeah, after that, I was pretty much like, yep, this is I'm going to paddle open boat canoe solo. I am not kayaking.
0: It blows my mind. I've heard a couple of people say this, that they like prefer the canoe and it, blows my mind I'm like how because in my mind I'm imagining a kayak and I'm like oh that feels safe like all inside of the boat and then people are like no 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 the the canoe thing's awesome and I'm like what I can't believe people are doing that that's so sick but yeah, so I I've only been like seriously
2: paddling solo just this summer because I mostly I've been doing like some like tandem whitewater canoe trips that are like four days long, but like nothing solo. So I, I would say probably just this summer is when I started like getting more into solo.
1: Yeah, so I mean, before we started talking about paddling, um, we got we got into a little bit like, you know, your history with climbing and how you you did it out in Brunswick mainly top roping and you had some shitty experiences in Vancouver with some of the people in the gym you know I I've chatted with you about this before and it sounds like you've also had some other shitty experiences in particular like with other women and uh, it's something that Emma and I have also talked about a bit we like to say like we're all about women supporting each other and like helping each other get into these activities like that's something that we kind of want to advocate for on this podcast but we've all experienced these shitty situations where women are doing the exact opposite so I want to hear your takes on that because I know you've also had some experiences with that vibe.
2: Yeah, so um, I like full disclosure. I'm I'm queer, and like all of the the girls that I climb with are queer, and everyone is like super nice and stuff. But uh, I have like yeah, I have come in situations where I've climbed with a selected few people um, uh, who I thought were like um, nice people, and it just like ended up that it, it wasn't that way, and. I've gotten comments about, like, maybe the way I eat is, is affecting, like, my performance or perfect affecting, like, my acne, and that's why I have bad acne, and comments that don't need to be made when climbing. <laughs> Things, when people talk about the way you eat and stuff like that, like, the person that talked about it doesn't know, like, where I come from, doesn't know, like, if I ever struggled with an eating disorder And it's just like comments you shouldn't really make to someone without fully knowing them. For me, I was the only thing that could come out of my mind was, no, it's it's just genetics. I've always had a pizza face. So no, you're
0: you're so right. What you said about you don't know where someone's coming from. You don't know their experiences and what their insecurities are. So sometimes people do make comments that on the surface could seem harmless or you know, something that they could just brush off, but that's not always the case. And some things hit harder than others. And it's just really important to, well, first be mindful that you never know. So just don't say anything that could be mean or triggering, but also like, it's pretty obvious. I work with kids and I've really come to learn that it's obvious when you've hit a tough spot with them. Like it's obvious when a kid says something to another, And, you know, it's affecting them and it's not jokes anymore. And it's the same with adults. And it's, it blows my mind sometimes that people can make a jab and, you know, joke around and then obviously see someone's uncomfortable or hurt and then keep going. And you're just like, why? Like, you're not getting anything out of this. I feel shitty. You're not going to feel any better about yourself. And I want to go home. So
1: I also think that sometimes these like body related comments that are made to women are disguised as advice, because in this situation, it sounded like this person was trying to basically give you unsolicited advice that if you wanted your skin to be better, you should eat differently. And that's not advice. If you wanted advice, you would ask, you know, and what it is in my mind, if I'm trying to psychoanalyze this person, I don't even know. It sounds like they were trying, maybe feeling threatened and trying to find a way to just put you down a notch, you know? Climbing is a place that we all go to decompress or to relax or to get away from like that other shit that's bugging us. And for someone to bring up negative things or make you feel awkward or weird, or even in the worst case scenario, like super triggered and upset, like that is so just disrespectful. And can we just enjoy ourselves? Like why, why why do people feel the need to do this i do not understand
2: like i've been in situations where i'm really hard on myself because the people that i climb with now climb like way harder than me because the people that i used to climb with now live in bc so i'm really hard on myself now because i i'm like oh i should be climbing like as good as them i should be i should be like doing this and that and whatever and in another way like and I guess what we're talking about is you ask for advice from these people and they won't give it to you they give you advice in a mean way but then you ask like oh like how how do I become a better climber like what would you suggest for me to eat and they would just be like oh I don't know I don't really do a whole lot of
0: training that to me just screams like that the, whoever's making these comments is clearly not coming from a place of wanting to be helpful or wanting to be kind and they're just going about it the wrong way to me it really is clear that someone's just making comments to put you down
1: I hate to admit it but I have observed that in a lot of people as well and I would love to just be like no like uh, all these female like climbing idols or whatever they're like So wholesome, but it's not always. I mean, we're making a generalization. I do also know women that are great climbers that are like the best, nicest people on earth. But I don't know if maybe this is because we've been kind of subtly taught by society that there's only room for a certain number of women at the top. And maybe that's because of historically who we see in the climbing world or who we see in the business world or who we see in engineering or all these male dominated fields, right? Maybe women are competitive because we have this subtle sense that there's not room for very many of us and we have to withhold our position at the top, but that is changing. And I know that that maybe we have these subconscious urges to do that, but you would think people would be mature enough
0: to realize that their actions are really gatekeeping we're not trying to sit on this podcast and say no this is only a women's problem we know we know it's not but i think what ali was saying this feeling of like there can be only a small number at the top therefore we have to be pitted against each other to beat one another to the top i i do think is a little bit more specific to women
2: Yeah, and also, like on that, I have friends that don't climb with other friends anymore, even though they're best friends, because they don't climb the same grade. But in my mind, that doesn't make any sense because you're belaying someone for their grade, they're belaying you for your grade. If they can't climb your grade, they can top rope it and try it. Like they're just like, you shouldn't come here because there's nothing for you to climb. Like they make that decision for the person. And they don't allow that person to make that decision, which which upsets me.
0: You can still try. You can always try, regardless of your ability. You're so right, Noella. Like you don't need to be leading your way to the top to be able to have fun and participate.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I feel like every time, you know, we go on these rants, like I do feel like I need to say that. Again, this is not a blanket statement of all the experiences we've had with other female climbers, but it is unfortunately a bit of a trend. And I have also had really opposite experiences. Like now this is the perfect time for me to say how I met Noella, which is a really wholesome story. I was climbing with Frank at Calabogie and basically we just like rolled up next to them and Noella just like struck up a conversation. And I think I must have been, I don't know if I was bullying Frank or he and I were just setting up our gear and like trying to figure out what which route we wanted to do and like we just she just totally struck up a conversation and most other people at the crag especially a busier place like calabogie you just walk up and they'll be like hey and just do their own thing a lot of the time which is fair but Noella, you started chatting with me and you were like, I said I was from BC and I was going back there in the summer. And you were like, oh, some of my friends just moved there. You introduced us. We took photos of each other and we exchanged them on Instagram. And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to meet up with Mel and Raf this summer. But just the fact that, like, you were so welcoming. And I don't know if it's because you just looked at us and they were like, oh, these people have a good vibe or whatever it was, but you were so welcoming and honestly if every woman I met at the Craig acted that way like there would be so much more female mentorship I think I'm not saying you have to put yourself out there for everyone but just that approach was so nice that was that's my perspective of the story I don't know what yours is but yeah pretty much pretty much the same
2: other than the fact that uh Josh twisted his ankle as well and Allie came to the rescue and told him it was going to be fine
1: (laughs) Wait, was Ali playing doctor? Dude, you know, I don't, I can't miss an opportunity for self-promotion, okay? I, I had, <laughs> well, part of it was, uh, I just, like, went over, Noella was, like, kind of rolling her eyes, like, oh, Josh, kind of, and I just, like, moved it around, and, like, It didn't seem like super swollen or broken or anything. And I was like, this is about as much as I can tell you, considering I have two years of Zoom medical school under my belt. And then I think like I belayed Noella while like their other friends came, came around to help Josh.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm glad. Well, first, I'm glad you guys met, but I'm glad it was such a positive experience because you're right. Like if more people were just like that, well, if more people were just like that in general, everyone would feel less intimidated walking into a sport right and i mean we talked about noelle's experience at the climbing gym like that's a super shitty experience and if it's your first time at the gym i don't know if i'd go back and then i would just be like if that's what climbing is no thank you i want none of it uh i said this before this extends to other sports like i run a lot as well and just even between my friends like i feel competition and it's borderline unhealthy and toxic because it gets to this point where i feel like I'm not running for myself or I'm not climbing for myself. I'm climbing to like one up them.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm fortunate enough that like uh, my friends uh, that I like met in Ontario. So Mel and Rath, I don't know, did I, did I ever tell you how I met Mel Rath? No, you didn't. You want me to, to tell you? Yeah. When I originally first came to Ontario, I was living in Hamilton and this was before I went to BC. And I noticed that I was climbing at the time um, at Gravity with my, um, with my girlfriend at the time, and she stopped climbing. And and then I was just like working too much. And it just never, never panned out that I that we got to climb or, or find climbing friends here. And And then um, when we broke up, I was looking because my friend from New Brunswick used to live in Ontario. And he's just like, oh, you should go to Rattlesnake. Like you could you can climb out the doors there. You could probably find someone. So I was looking on Instagram at like people who who tagged in Rattlesnake on Instagram and just like was scrolling through until I could find like a picture of a girl climbing. And it ended up being Raf. I messaged Raf and I'm like, I'm moving to Vancouver in a few weeks um but I'll be in Vancouver but I can fly back and forth uh if you want it to climb together and it just never worked out that when I came to Ontario um that we could climb together just like we were both just like our schedules just never lined up at the start of COVID I was on vacation uh and then I just ended up staying on vacation in uh in the east coast and then i came back here when the climbing gyms opened up again which was sometime in july i think i came back for like canada day last year yeah so i messaged giraffe and i was like are you still in ontario if you're in ontario can we please climb together so yeah we um we ended up meeting like almost like two or three years later and then i just like met her and melissa and um jason and tracy and um stud dave um uh i met uh kat and tad on like um like a queer like dating app they were looking for friends they also just moved back from bc and we just like we all climbed together and and it just like really worked out and we all get along and and stuff like that but yeah i was like really fortunate to have friends that like taught me how to lead because i knew how to like build anchors like i knew how to repel i knew how to clean trad gear like all of that but i i never really took the time to lead and um after like having such like bad experience in, in bc um i was like very thankful to have them and especially like over COVID, like i consider them family because i couldn't go home to see family or anything like that so
0: i was gonna say you're like a success story honestly because i find a lot of the people i talk to they're like oh my god like the number one problem is finding people to climb with and like finding friends And it really sounds like you were like, oh, I'll go on the I'll go on the apps like I'll look through Instagram and find a female climber to message like you were really like, I'll put myself out there. I'll do the work. I just really want friends. And I hope that other people listening are like, oh, my gosh, she did this. I can do this. Like I can find people to climb with.
1: Also, the type of people that are going to say yes to that approach are exactly the type of people you want to meet because they're the people that are like down to meet random people down to go do fun shit like not judgmental like all that kind of stuff like if someone randomly messaged me on Instagram and was like hello do you want to be friends with me I would be like wow I'm this person's putting themselves out there they're seeking me out I am in demand that it would also be a confidence boost (laughs) but
0: (laughs) I am in demand (laughs) it's pretty low risk for the receiver too. Cause if you don't want to, or you're maybe even creeped out, you could just not reply. So it's low risk on both ends. It's a pretty uh, win-win here. I also feel like this episode has just highlighted or it's actually been an invitation almost. Like if you, yes, yes, be great and try, try your best to be friendly and welcoming. And I love all that positive stuff. But if you are experiencing a shitty friend, or like you have someone in your circle and you're like, man, they really give me bad vibes and they're not the most supportive person that I can be spending my time with. This is your invitation to cancel them. Ali and I are huge, huge fans of <laughs> canceling. And I'm I'm so fine to cut negative people out of your life. So you are sitting here and you're like, oh my God, that one friend I have that I climb with, that I run with, that I bike with, that I do whatever, and they might not be the best, cut them. Cut them loose. You don't need that. You don't need
1: that. I will say Emma and I literally yesterday
0: (laughs) had a phone call about cutting someone. (laughs) We were like, oh, what did she do? Oh, she's cut.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Noella, for coming on our podcast. I feel like we had some really great talks and uh, you definitely have planted seeds in our mind of like how to reach out to new people for sure.
2: Yeah, like, um, even uh, like Mel and Raf, uh, like they just moved to loops and they were like looking for friends and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, you guys like, just like download Tinder or like download Bumble, say you're looking for friends, tell them what you're into. And like, just put yourself out there, like, join all the groups on Facebook. Like I am in every province's climbing group. <laughs> and I'm always like sharing stuff and like talking to people and like, yeah, if, if anyone wants to, anyone listening <laughs> wants to um, like message me to go climbing, snowboarding, skiing, like paddling, anything, like I'm down. So,
0: yeah, if you need friends, Noelle is your gal, and we're going to plug you on the gram so people will be able to find you that way. Wildly basic matchmaking services. Thank you. <laughs> listening to wildly basic don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts we're also on instagram at wildly basic podcast our marketing
1: director is emma our editor-in-chief is ali artwork by emma music and sound by ali co-hosted by emma and ali
0: thanks for tuning in Happy
1: happy trails